Well, last week we started this series, Reboot. You might have been with us, you might not have been, but as we started this series, we, we started this series with this big idea of start-stop, that when we're going to reboot, that, that there's some things that, that we need to start doing after we reboot, there's some things that we need to stop doing after we do a reboot, that we looked at some reasons of why we need to reboot, that what we need to do is, is we need to reboot to reprioritize our energy, that, that we would begin to look and go, hey, where is it that I need to focus most of my energy most? of the time. And so we look and saw, hey, this is where we need to get this refocus and, and, and re-pushing this energy, reprioritizing this energy. That, that we also looked at the reason that we need to reboot is so that we'll stop doing what isn't essential, that, that, that we'll just drop it, we'll stop it. That we, we go, hey, these are things that's wasting my effort, my energy, I'm, I'm adding stress to my life that I don't need to be adding. And, and so we just begin to eliminate what isn't essential and that we need to reboot in order to refocus our lives. So where we go, hey, this is where I need to focus. And we begin to look and see what is the most important thing for me to focus on. And here's the thing about focus, that, that if you don't determine where you're going to focus your life, someone else will. Somebody else is gonna come along beside you and they're gonna to begin to clarify the win for you. This is what you need to do. This is where you need to focus. This is what you... And so we need to stop, step back, and we need to understand where do I need to focus my life? And today, we're going to continue where we started, and we're going to be looking at this idea of lighten up, that, that we need to lighten up is what we need to be doing, and that's what we're going to take some time and understand a little bit more about today. When, when I think about anxiousness and I think about anxiety, that, that these are things that they're just, it seems like they're constantly part of our lives. And, and, and this anxiousness, it, it's this thing that... that we look forward to these things. Anxiousness has to do with some, some hopeful opportunity. These, these things that we look forward to with high hopes that, that we can easily look forward to what, what might be happening. That, that as the start of school starts and wanting to meet some new friends or trying out for a team and, and we're kind of anxious about it and we're excited, but yet we're a little, you know, but we're hopeful of what's going to happen. Pledging, a fraternity, a sorority. That, that these are things that, that we have in, in, in my life, Cheryl's in my life, that, that we have some anxiousness when it comes to what's happening. That this Friday, our 21-year-old daughter is going to be closing on her first home, you know, and so buying that, and so that's kind of something that we're kind of looking forward to, and she just can't wait for Friday to get here, that we're eight weeks away from our son getting married, and so these are things we're kind of like going, ooh, you know, we, we, we can't wait, we can't wait, we're excited about these things happening, but we do, we have all these things that we could look at and go, these are things that I'm kind of anxious for, I've got a, a job opportunity, I've got an interview, and, and I look forward to the possibility of being able to partner with this organization and provide for my family and, and these things. And, but also, we can have some anxiousness that doesn't seem so hopeful. And here's the thing. When it comes to anxiousness, it, we, we can get anxious anywhere. There, there's, there's no environment that, that's safe. In fact, I think about these three guys that, that they showed up at a church. They all knew each other. They decided they'd go to church. None of them went to church. And, and they just felt like, you know, let, let's just go. And so this church that they showed up to was one of those churches that's a, a faith healing church. And, you know, they get somebody on stage and they're just healing people and healing people. And, and so they, they, they slip in and they sit on the very back row and the pastor's up there and he's healing some different people. And, and the next thing you know, the, the pastor steps down from the stage and starts walking up the aisle and healing different people in the aisles. He gets all the way to the back where they are and he just stops and he smiles at these guys. 
And they're like, they're not sure what, what, what they need to be doing. And, and so finally, uh, one of them speaks up and says, uh, well, uh, Pat, Pat, Pastor, um, I, I've got back pain that I've dealt with ever since Desert Storm and getting some shrapnel. And, 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 you know, if there's any way that you could heal that. And, and so the pastor just touched him on the back and instantly his pain was just gone. The, the, the next guy ends up speaking up and he goes, um, well, I've just got a vision problem. He had these really thick glasses on. He says, it's really difficult for me to read. In fact, I'm not even allowed to drive anymore. If you could just heal up my vision, it would just free up my life. And the pastor just reached over and grabbed those glasses. He pulled them off and he threw them into the baptistry. And as soon as the glasses hit the water, boom, he could, he could see. And, and then the third guy he, he's been kind of nervous the whole time and he goes kind of fidgeting and, and the pastor just starts to reach toward him and he goes, don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me. I'm on, I'm on full-time disability. <laughs> you know, so anxiousness, anxiety, you know, it, it, there's no place that you're safe, not even church, right? When it, when it comes to, hey, is something gonna happen that I'm gonna get some, some anxiousness about me? You know, I, I think of one other thing that I think there's some of that hopefulness and, and that I've heard from several people that are wanting to participate in, in our mission trip when we go in February. We're gonna be going February 19th through the 25th and that cost is gonna be $1,100. We're gonna be going to the Dominican Republic. We chose that week because a lot of people are gonna be off on that particular Monday and so it just has people take off less time. But we're gonna go in and we're gonna build a house from the ground up in four days. And so, you know, there's just some people that are just kind of going, I look forward to that. I'm, I'm, I, I have some anxiousness. I can't wait until I get to do that, get to be part of that and watch how God uses me. Well, I, I think about a situation in my life that, that brought some anxiety that I just didn't anticipate. It was, it was about four years ago and I have a friend, his name's Carl and, and he lives in Nevada and I had just recently bought a firearm, my very first one, didn't grow up around guns, didn't use them, never hunted. And, and I'd gone to a, a, a gun range a few different times and just trying to get used to this. And he'd found out about it. And he says, well, Will, we, um, we actually have a, a world-renowned training facility in Nevada. It's called Front Sight. I'm a member of that. And you know what? I, I would love to treat you to that two-day training if, if you'd be willing to come up and do that. And I'm like... Uh, you're paying, I just got to give time, <laughs> count me in. And so I, I did. And, and so I, I had to actually put my gun and, and put, I had to follow all the rules and the double locks and get it on the airplane and, and register and all that. And, and that was fine. I, I wasn't too anxious about all of that. Well, we get out there and, and it's two days, like I said, and, and the first day, eight hour days. And, and the very first day, we never even put any ammo in our gun. I mean, it was just like, uh, this is kind of boring, you know, did a lot of dry firing, just pulling, constantly pulling and firing and all of this. And it's like, but day two comes around and then by mid morning, we were putting ammo in and we were shooting and then that made it a little bit more exciting. But, but at lunchtime, what they told us was, they said at the end of the day, what we're going to do is we're going to finish up with a simulation. I'm not going to simulation. What are they doing? And, and, and they told us, Hey, we, we've got a little bunker, a little shed, and you guys are going to go in there and you're going to take your gun and you're gonna take live rounds in there and, and we're going to have some people at this shed, at this bunker, and what they're gonna do is they're gonna be pushing out on a stick is they're gonna be pushing out little targets 
And, and I'm, I'm, my, my anxiety is starting to, starting to rise. I mean, I, I barely have shot a gun before. And now there's going to be somebody within three or four feet of where I've got to be aiming that's going to be right there. And, and I have to tell you, I, I didn't anticipate some of my nerves that, that was going to happen just because this is just a simulation. Well, I, I get in there and you have to start with your weapon holstered and, and then they pop something out. You don't know, is it going to be just an innocent person? Is it going to be just somebody that's a bad guy by themselves, some kind of thug? Or is it going to be more of a hostage situation like this? You just don't know. Well, as soon as they pulled up a target that I needed to be shooting on, I pulled my gun out and I go to fire. And, and as I squeeze my trigger, nothing. I had a misfire. And, and I'm like, I'm, I'm frozen. I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. And, and one of the guys is yelling, racket, racket, racket. You know, so I drop my magazine. I'm racking it, trying to clear it. And he goes, put your new one in. You know, so I put my new one in and, and then I rack it again and, and I go to shoot. And then he goes, you're dead. But, but I, I, I would have never anticipated that this adrenaline that had just come over me, the anxiousness that I had and that I felt in that moment. But I did. I, I, I felt it. And so when it, when it comes to us, when it, when it comes to our lives and, and understanding some things that, that's going on with us, that, that we all have anxiety that, that comes our way. We, we, we all have these things that happen. And anxiety, here's what we need to understand about anxiety, is that anxiety, it can grow out of control. And I just want to give you a short list of six things. It's not a complete list, but, but, but it catches most of us and sees how our anxiety can easily just grow out of control. And it grows out of control when we're grieving. When, when, when we're feeling the significant hurt and loss that we've had, it grows out of control when we're fearful, when we've got these fears in life and we're just uncertain of what's going to be happening, or when something has already happened and we are traumatized, that our anxiety, it's just, it's just all the way to the ceiling of our life when we are frustrated or when we are, God forbid, abused. And when we feel abused, we also know what happens. We, we feel powerless, but it's not the only time. And whenever we do feel powerless in a, in a situation and we're going, I, I, I can't get any control, I can't get any, I, I don't know how to, we, we do our anxiety, it just grows. And last week, I shared a verse with you from Luke chapter 21, verse 34. And it's a verse we're gonna look at every week of this series. Jesus said, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. That when it comes to this stress and this anxiety, it's not something that just kind of hovers around us. That if we aren't being careful, it gets in us and it camps out and it stays. So we've got we've to be careful with what we're doing and, and how we're handling this. In fact, I, I think the, the theologian, Mike Tyson, said it well. Everyone has a plan till they get punched in the mouth. And, and, and that's how it is, that, that, that we can think, hey, I'm going to be just fine. I'm going to get through. I, I, I would know what to happen when things happen. But when something happens that you weren't prepared for, you just lose your plans. You, you don't know what, what, what do I do? How, how, how do I move on? How do I get there? And ha haven't we all ended up on a path that we didn't know how we got here? That, that we're just going, I, I'm here. It's not a good place. And I really can't even trace what specifically took place to get me 
where I am right now. And it's not a place that, that we want to stay at. But sometimes we feel stuck. And we feel like I, I can't get past. I, I'm, I'm on this path and I, don't, and I just feel stuck being here. Well, Jesus, he, he shared with us what we need to do. And he says, we need to enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. That the many, they're entering through the, the broad. And, and entering through the broad gate, what, that, that's leading to destruction. That, that's where we're going to have more stress and more anxiety. And, and Jesus tells us we need to enter through the narrow gate. Now he's literally talking about what it means for us to be in relationship with our Heavenly Father. And enter through the narrow gate. There's just this narrow way of, of believing in Jesus as the Son of God, as the Savior of the world. That's the only way we're going to get to a right standing with God. But, but that same narrow way that we need to enter into for that is the same narrow way that we need to follow with the way that we would live our entire life of how Jesus has shared with us, this is how you're gonna get the most out of this life that was given for you. But we see this word narrow. And when you see this word narrow, I don't want you to think that narrow means exclusive. Because it's, it's not exclusive. It's, it's, it's not this thing that's about, hey, it's, it's, it's limited on who can and who can't. And it's exclusive out there. And here's why I genuinely believe this. That, that, if, that if it were to be exclusive, then why would Jesus have given everybody the same directions? Why would Jesus have given everybody the same instruction? Whether it was talking with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, mano y mano, or whether he was talking to crowds, mass crowds, he was just sharing with them what they needed to do in order to have a right standing with their heavenly father. That we need to look and we need to see that what happens in life is we end up carrying too much weight. And so when carrying too much weight, let, let's look and see what is it that happens in life when we carry too much weight? Because some of us came in this morning and we're weighed down. We're weighed down with some anxieties from life. In fact, some... Some even, when you just woke up, you woke up weighted. That it's just so easy to wake up weighted because of what it is that's going on. And when carrying too much weight, we become overburdened. That maybe this is the best way for, for me to illustrate this, is that when carrying too much weight, that we become overburdened. And I'm actually not acting. Uh, this is actually quite heavy. And so... Some of you guys are going, well, if you worked out, it wouldn't be, you know, but, <clears throat> but for me, yes, it, it's heavy. And, and when carrying too much weight, we become overburdened. If you, if you carry the weight long enough, you'll become overburdened. That, that, that it'll eventually weigh on you and weigh you down and it just slows you down in life. That, that, that you're weary and the people around you, they know it, they see it and they sense it. In fact, some of the people around you even want to help you when you are overburdened. That we actually get to see where Paul was giving some instructions and he said, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Right there, Galatians chapter six, verse two. That's what he's telling. This is what we need. We need to carry each other's burdens. But some of us, our pack is so full, it's so weighted down that we're going, I, I, don't, I don't know how 
I can help carry somebody else's because I can barely keep up with and carry my own. Another thing that happens when we carry too much weight is we self-medicate. That we do, we self-medicate. We start looking for, hey, what is it that I can do because this burden is so bad, I, I, I need to do something. I, I need to be numbed because I, I just don't want to feel this weight that I'm carrying. And, and, and this self-medication, it comes in so many different forms for so many different people. It, it could be being in toxic relationships and just hanging out and staying there, pursuing them. And, 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 and that's just a way that somebody's going to self-medicate is being in a relationship that they know is not good for them. But it just kind of makes them feel numb to the other things that are happening in life. Or, or turn into pornography and just camping out there and, and letting that be that secret addiction that you've got going on. Whether it's using alcohol in a way that, that you're just heavily drinking and consuming or using drugs in a way that they were never intended to be used. That we do, we, we self-medicate. And anytime that we end up prescribing something for ourselves, that what ends up happening is that we end up becoming somebody that has even more problems because we didn't know how to deal with one and we turned one problems into multiple problems because we end up self-medicating and trying to get ourselves through it. When carrying too much weight, we justify our behavior. We do, and I think one of the ways that this becomes a reality for us is, is we do everything we can to normalize our behavior. Well, this is just the norm. And when we normalize these bad behaviors, we normalize poor decisions, and we just, we just attempt to normalize it both to ourselves and to the people around us. And just, hey, this is just normal. I'm just living a normal life. And all that negative thinking that, that comes along with it. The last one, when carrying too much weight, is we do, we feel stuck. We feel stuck right where we are. And I'll tell you the reason why I think we feel stuck. I think we feel stuck because we rely on self. And we look at this and go, I've tried everything I know to do. I've tried everything I can, and I can't get out of this. Therefore, we conclude, I am stuck. But that's because we keep our eye on us. And no matter how bad it is, you aren't stuck. You're not stuck. And you need to know this, you need to see this, you need to believe it. And, and, and the reason I'm confident of this is because we have two different sources that we can turn to, to, to get us out of where we are. That we can look in the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, that, that we come together with other people and other people that are doing what? That they're going to they're gonna spur us on. They're, they're not going to go, oh, I see where you are. I'm just going to leave you there. No, no, they're, they're, they're going to be there. They're going to spur us on. And as they are spurring us on, we also see this, but encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. 
That day is capitalized because it's talking about the day that Christ is going to eventually come back. And that he is, he is coming back. And when he comes back, it's gonna lead to that all life will eventually just be eternal. There'll be no temporary life here on earth. And we will all be, everyone who has ever existed, just be living an eternal life in one of two very real places, heaven or hell. And so because this is our reality that we can become overburdened, we need some helpers that are going to spur us on. We need some that are going to encourage us. And so with this, we need to have some steps that we can apply so that we can overcome anxiety. And here's this very first step, and it's going to be a difficult step that if you're somebody that you're just, you're very, you've got all this anxiety, you've got all this weight on you, is that here's your first step. Know it's okay not to be okay. That, that you, you, you don't have to fake it. You don't have to fake it to yourself and you don't have to fake it to others. That you need to know it is okay to not be okay. And being okay might not be your current reality, but it doesn't mean it's the only reality you're ever gonna have going forward. That there is hope. But the hope isn't all in you. The hope is in some other relationships, some relationships with, with some other people in your life, a, a relationship with your heavenly father that you need to know this. In fact, we can see another thing that, that Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse nine. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in weakness. This is Paul writing about himself. And he's writing about what God is telling him. Because what Paul had done is he had this weakness. He, he had what he called a thorn in his side. And, in, and on three different occasions that he asked God, God, will you take this away? God, will you take this away? God, will you take this away? And what God did is God said, no, I'm, I'm not going to take it away. And God told him why he wasn't going to take it away. And he's not going to take it away because my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. It, it's in your weakness. It's in your burdensome life that you're feeling that you're going to turn to me and you're going to rely on me for who I am and what I'm going to do. He, so Paul said, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power, it may rest on me, that Christ's power is going to come and rest on me and is going to live through me. That, that when we think about having this weight that we carry, and that we are, that we are overburdened. That what we get overburdened with is we get overburdened with some of these, some of these difficulties in life. Some of these things that we have ended up experiencing at one time or another. That, that we end up feeling this burden of grief. And, and, and it's, a, it's, a heavy, it's a heavy burden that we end up feeling, that we end up having. That, that when we end up having some broken relationships, that again, there's just so much weight and difficulty for us that we have to carry and that we have to deal with. That, that for some, it might be that this financial burden, that that might be a, a burden that, that you're carrying. And, and for some of us, we find ourselves carrying all of these things. That for some, it's this idea that, that I've been bullied, I'm still being bullied even, even today, and I don't know how to get past it and to get over it. Of Here's another one that, that we can carry, and we think that, uh -oh, this is just for us and, and nobody else has to ever know. And, and, and the more we keep it a secret, the, 
the more of a burden it is going to be of a secret addiction. And then there's this abuse. And when we experience abuse, this is all pretty weighty. All of this just kind of fills that pack. It makes it so difficult for us. But, but if we'll trust what, what God wants us to know and what God wants us to do, that we trust that God has given us some helpers in our life. That God gives us some people that, that we have a relational connection with. And that, that they're willing to carry some of our burden. That they're not going to take the entire burden. And they can't. But they're willing to carry some of the burden. But the only way that they're going to carry some of the burden is if you and I, if we take responsibility and say, I'm willing, since you're willing, I'm willing to give you some of my burden. And that we would do this with every burden that we have. It might not be to, to one individual that's going to carry and help us with all of our burdens, but that we find different helpers and, and where we have some broken relationships that, that we're going to turn and we're going to turn to some people that are going to be at a healthy place and they're going to be able to help us know more about what we can do. When, when it comes to a financial burden, it might not be that, that what's going to happen is somebody's just going to give us some money. It might be that somebody's going to turn around and they're going to help us make some wiser financial choices and help us to behave with our money better and help us learn how to earn some money better. That when it comes to being bullied, of, of helping, having some people that just want to help us and know that we are loved and we are believed in for who we already are and that we get to give them some of this burden. That this secret addiction, that, that for us, the longer we keep it a secret, the more we're locked in to have to carry it all. James even talked about that we would confess our sins to one another, that we would do this because when we do, that there's a greater likelihood that we're going to stop sinning. And it's not just sins that we would do this to, but that we would just, everything in life that we're trying to keep a secret of what I'm going through, my difficulty, or that secret addiction, that we've got to be willing to open up. And even on that abuse of if we've been abused, that, that we would take and we would lighten our load because we have people in our life that want to help carry some of this burden. But that's not the only place that we can unload some of this anxiety and some of our burdens. That they ha we have another resource that we can turn to, and that's God. And he's a far bigger resource, and he can take on far more burden and that we can just begin to, to, to share this and, and, and to give this over to him. But we don't, we don't give him everything, but we just give it to where it's a very manageable amount for us. And as we, as we give him these pieces and that, are, that are just weighing us down, that we do this and it just keeps lightening our load. And as we give this over and hand this over to him, that we begin to feel this weight just come off of us and to just lift off of us. And giving to God, we get to give him so much more than what we give others because he can handle so much more than what others can handle. And he can do so much more than what others can do. But we have to take the responsibility and we have to give it over and share 
but we'll never get rid of all of it because there's a piece that we're going to have to carry. There's a piece of our burden. It's just like what Paul was dealing with. He says, God, take it away, take it away, take it. And God, no, because my power is made perfect in your weakness. And, 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 and yes, you're still gonna have to carry a piece, but it's going to be a manageable piece. And then when you look at this, this is so much more manageable now. This is something that's easily carryable and easily doable. And not only that, but when this is all we're carrying, it gives us the ability to be a helper to somebody else. It gives us the ability to help carry somebody else's load, just a piece, just a portion. And what we need to do is we need to hold on to hope. And that we need to hold on to hope that, that even when we're not okay right now, that it's going to be okay in our future. That we can get through this, not on our own, but when we get real and we open up and we start sharing with others that are willing to help us and we start sharing with our Heavenly Father that wants to help us, that we need to do this. That living in our weakness unlocks the power of God in us. That when we still know, I'm still carrying a little piece of this. I, I, I'm, I'm relying on God and God's power in me, in my life to get me through this. It's this idea of I can't. So God, I'm going to let you. It's, it's, it's I can't. I, I'm stuck if, if I'm just going to rely on me. I can't. So God, I'm going to let you. And if we, if we just rely on others, we don't lighten our load that much. It really is dual fold that we would lighten up with others, but we get to lighten up a whole lot more when we lighten up with God. That another step to overcoming anxiety is to get completely honest. For some of us, this is, this is hard for us to do. And, and, and where do we start with this? We start by getting honest with ourselves. Start with yourself. That, that you would just get honest with you. And, and, and for you to be honest enough with yourself to know I can't get through this on my own. I need help. And with help, I can get there. And be honest with yourself about this. That, that we need to be honest with others. That, that we be honest with them. And as we're, as we're honest with them, they can really see what, what burden we're, we're dealing with. And it's so much easier for them to go, hey, let me take a, a piece of that. Because they really can see just what we're going through. But we have to be honest with them and we have to be honest with God. Now here's the thing. When you get honest with God, God's not going to go, oh, so that's what's going on. He already knows. What it's really going to do is it's going to help you. It's, it's when, when we get honest with God, it's for our benefit that we get to see what this relationship is doing and what this relationship is about. That in Psalms 139, 23 and 24, it's search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. It's just giving God permission to do what God's going to do and see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It's just giving God permission. And when we give God permission, the, the best thing that we can do is we get honest with him and give him permission that it leads us to our third and final thing. 
is depend on God. That, that if we want to overcome our anxiety, that we would depend on God. We live in what I think is the greatest nation on the planet. And one of the things that, that this nation loves is we love our independence. And I think that it's infected us in a way that, that we think I have to be independent. And, and it keeps us from understanding the, the, the value of being dependent on God. And, and, and this is what we need. We need to depend on him because otherwise we're gonna be so overburdened that we are going to be stuck if it's just up to us and that we would depend on him. You know, today in just a few moments, we're gonna be doing baptisms. And, and, and with our baptisms is what, what's, what's gonna happen is people are gonna be illustrating their dependence on God. That people are getting baptized. They, they've already put their faith, their hope, their trust in Jesus. And this is a next step for them. That they're, they're, they're making their faith even more real to them. That they're, they're following what, what, what we were even taught in scripture that we would get baptized after we believe. And, and they're taking that next step. And it truly is, it, it's a sign for the whole church to see that's somebody who's depending on God. Now, I don't know where you're at. I, I don't know, where, are, are you at a place that you are depending on God? Maybe you've been really resistant to that. Maybe today you're, you're hearing some things and you're going, that's what I need to do. I need to depend on God. And so here's something we're gonna do. We don't do this very often. But I'm gonna invite you to get baptized today. That, that if you're somebody that you're going, hey, I, I've put my faith, my hope in Jesus, but I've just never been baptized since I made that decision for myself. We'd love for you to participate and get baptized today. We've got a handful of people that are already signed up and already gonna be getting baptized. Maybe, maybe you're that person that's just going, it's just now clicking, Will. I'm, I'm just now figuring it out that I do need to depend on God and I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to depend on him. Then, then we want you to be able to get baptized today as you make the decision today to depend on him. And so if you're in either one of those two camps, that I wanna encourage you and invite you to get baptized today. And you might be going, I, I didn't come prepared. We're prepared. We've got shorts. We've got t-shirts, we've got towels, ladies, we've even got sports bras. We are ready for you. We're ready, we're ready. And, and, and I'd love for you to do this. Now, now, here's what I think is happening. I think some of you are feeling a little anxiety right now. Cause you're like going, I think I'm supposed to do this. I think, I don't know if I wanna do it. I, if I step up and do this, people are gonna be looking at me and they're gonna be thinking, oh, you're just now doing that? You haven't done this before? Listen, I want you to know that the only thing that's gonna happen if you get up and you get in this water is that we're gonna celebrate what you are doing. We're gonna celebrate your act of showing your dependence on your heavenly father. Something that many of us in this room, we, we've already done. But I wanna invite you, if you've not, to do this for yourself. And so I wanna encourage you even right now in this awkwardness of this moment, that if you're here and this is you, that you would just step up, step out and make your way to the back. 
And, and there's gonna be people that are gonna receive you and walk you through exactly what you, you're gonna be in the know, knowing what you need to do and what's gonna happen when you come back down. And we would love for you to do that. And so I wanna invite you to do that now. Some of you might be a little uncomfortable with that. You're gonna wait till I pray and that's okay if that's when you wait. But we really would love for you to make this decision. Look at this, we've got two, two last verses with you. Peter said, cast all your anxiety on him. Because what? Let me hear you. He cares for you. And that's the thing, that, that when you really understand that God cares for you, it's easier for you to give him some of your burden. Because you know that there's a God who loves you and cares for you, and he wants this from you because of what he wants for you. And stress and anxiety are the result of self-dependency. That, that, and some of us, the reason we feel stuck is because we are self-dependent. And it's when we stop being self-dependent and we depend on God and we depend on helpers that we're gonna get through this. Listen, your effort, your effort is interfering with God giving you his strength. And so lean into him, rely on him. And let me share one last passage with you. It's in Galatians chapter two, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This I have been crucified with Christ is saying, hey, I, I'm no longer just living for me. That, that my old sinful, I, I'm just kind of, I buried that, 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 that part of me died. And now there's a part of me that that, that that part no longer lives because it's Christ living in me. And it's Christ living in me that causes me to be dependent on him. So I got a question for you that if you're trying to do this and you feel stuck, will you stop trying to fix this alone? Will, will you stop being self-dependent? Will you rely on God and others to do this? Because if you will, when you do, you're gonna feel that load lighten and you're gonna find the freedom to move around in mobility and you will not feel stuck anymore. This is in your best to get honest with yourself. I can't do this, but God can. And I'll even put others in my life that are gonna help me get to where I need to be and lighten my load. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are thankful Thankful for who you are and thankful for what you've done. Thank you, God, that you have changed our life. God, that, that you've given us this, this 180, this about face when it comes to, to purpose. But God, not just with our purpose, but God, you, you welcome us to lighten our load and to be able to share with you our, our burdens because you care for us. God, I pray for those that right now that are hearing this, that are right here right now, that, that they need to follow through and just show that they're gonna be dependent. God, that they would show you, get honest with themselves, get honest with you and get up and get out and get baptized and show the dependency that they have on you. 
God, we're going to celebrate the people that are going to be dependent on you. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.